All right. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, PR, and authentic storytelling. Today, we have Corvain Cooper, who's the chief brand ambassador of 40 Tons, a California-based cannabis company, which he's going to tell you all about today. Corvain, thank you so much for being here today, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, well, first, let's let's introduce yourself. Tell the audience a little bit about who you are in your story. I'm so excited to have you here and tell them a little bit about how we met. But first, you know, would love to hear from you, your um, your story and your intro. Okay. Yes, 90, I believe 94, 95 days ago, I was just serving life without the possibility of parole. So, or nonviolent marijuana charge. So I want to let people know that this is the number one that we have to really get out there. We have to get out there that I have one pound of marijuana that I got caught with it, right? They continued to, they, they carried that over into my conspiracy, the same marijuana charge with Beverly Hills. I got caught with a bottle of coating cough syrup. That was the second thing. So I had two priors. One, you can have one pound of marijuana, one bottle of cough syrup, it's two strikes. Now they can start a conspiracy with no marijuana, just the money is $4 million worth of money with no marijuana. They're going to say that the, the money laundering turns into the weed so they can have ghost weed. Just remember this, just keep this in mind while you're out there. I don't know if you're selling weed or you're doing something slick or whatever it is you're doing. So now they needed, they didn't need nothing. You got two minor priors that eventually got taken off in 2016 that I no longer have on my record right now, but we're talking at the time of the crime in 2013. So they can have ghost marijuana. Somebody can sit on the bunk right now. So if you was four or five years ago, if you were hustling, then you stopped. You're not clear yet. It's five years that you have to exit the conspiracy. So get this in order. You hustled with this person four years ago. You're no longer selling marijuana with him. You just were selling the marijuana with him four years ago. He can sit on his bunk and say, you know what? I don't want to do my time anymore. You know, I, I want to actually... I want somebody to come do this time with me. And he can go talk to the feds. He could give them your name, tell a big story on all this marijuana that you guys sold, and they will come knock on your door and come get you. So you don't need any witnesses. They don't need you. They don't need to find you doing anything. I've never been to Charlotte a day in my life. Me, nor Evelyn, nor Natalia, we've never been to Charlotte. I never mailed any of the boxes. I paid people to mail the boxes. So all that does is create you to be the leader. So that's how you get a leader role. And that's another thing, how you're going to get four more points and get you not only a life sentence, but you're going to have to do your time at a USP where it's the hardest time to do in the world. I've seen eight murders, seven suicides, and tons of stabbings and attempted murders. And, um, and they're still going on today. As, as I sub-collect calls every day, it's still going on today. So keep that in mind. And um, know that it's hard. And let me tell you how I met Lisa. I was doing my time. I'm sitting on a bunk, you know, so I'm a part of a, of, of a letter writing program with LPP. I'm on the board member of LPP. So last prisoner said, project, last prisoner project. I call them LPP. So it's, we, we call it LPP gang, but I'm, I'm, I'm a board member. And, um, I get a letter and I was like, damn, you know, so I read the letter. All right. Back. So we're corresponding and and it's just, it was just amazing that the correspondence was amazing. Everything was amazing that it's like, I can feel the real, it was genuine. It wasn't, uh, 
it wasn't forced. You feel what I'm saying? And it was genuine. And um, I, I stopped in Denver. I, I met her during a, during, during a, during a uh, what do you call those things? The overlay or layover? <laughs> yeah, the layover. So the layover. So it was great that I got to actually meet you in person. But yeah, it was it was wonderful. We had we got great letter writing. She had great game. Great. And she's very intelligent. And um, and, and it kind of uplifts you because you need stuff like that when you're going through. So you need a thousand Lisa Buffos. You feel what I'm saying when you're when you're doing this time because you're serving life without the possibility of parole. So you're, you're set to never see the streets again. So you need something, some kind of uplifting, some kind of thing. And I would always never commit to saying that I was going to do life in prison. So you can't admit to it and you can't stand on it. And if you have faith, this will be the results. You see what I'm saying? So. And you did. I, I mean, to me, it's a, a miracle that we're here doing this podcast and talking from how our relationship started. And I am so in awe and admiration of your strength and that you were always very clear that you were getting out and that was going to be your story. And it happened. And um, it, it, it changed my mind and it changed my life to believe in, in miracles again and to see that happen. And so it's such an honor and pleasure to have you here today. And um, just for clarification, so at that point, how long had you been in, um, you said the, the USP, just to clarify that's so the US Penitentiary. How long had you been there? Uh, eight years. I did three at Pollock and it did like four or five years at Atwater. But Pollock is very, Atwater, you know, I've seen some stuff, I've seen a person escape at Atwater. You know, a guy escaped the prison. You know, I seen some stuff. You know, you seen you know, you stab a few police, or it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as Pollock. Pollock is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. You know, so you got to understand, you're a non-violent criminal, so the life sentence and the leaderships and all this stuff puts you in a USP, so you don't get to go to club bed, as they call it, where you know, where they have weights and they have this, and they're not on lockdown. Just within the last three years of my time. I've maybe only been out of my sale five months total out of the three years. And that's two weeks here, maybe a week there, uh, you know, a month here at the most a month. You know what I mean? Like that's the most that we've been out of our sale is a month. And I want people to know that lockdown is worse than being in ADX. And that's where like Larry Hoover and Chapo Goose, that's where the worst of the worst is supposed to go to ADX. Let me tell you one thing about ADX. Okay, they might be in their sale, but they got a TV in their sale. They get to get out their cell and get wrecked uh, two hours a day. They get a shower every day. You feel what I'm saying? And they have, uh, they get commissary. So what do they have that the person on lockdown doesn't have? Normalcy. You know what I mean? They have something normally that's going to happen. We don't have anything normal. We don't, oh, you're going to be locked down for 45 days, but you're going to just be in your cell, handcuffed to go to the shower. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're not have you don't have anything normal, so your kids don't even have nothing normal. Your mom doesn't have normal. You can't normally know when I'm gonna call you because you don't know when you're gonna call because you're gonna might be in cell for a day. A person in ADX or even the shoe or whatever, the smooth or the baddest places in the world, they even have a, a, something that's normal that's gonna happen. They know every day they're gonna get a shower. They know every day they're gonna what's called. They know in two weeks they're gonna be able to call their family. You don't know what day you're gonna be able to call your family. So. I went through a you know a, tr a troubling time during the last little couple of years of my of my bid, and I think that was just shaping me to be the man I am today to uh, to do the work that needs to be done to not be able to forget 
And to know, that's why I say executive clemency is better than the lottery, because uh, when you get a person a second chance in life, you got to make the best out of it. And you were in Louisiana and your family's in Los Angeles where you're, you are now at. So you weren't even physically close to them as far as being able to see them or communicate or even, even be in the same time zone. Right. So that's another thing that we want to do at 40 tons. Like by me not being able to get being so far, you see the, you see the breakage of the family and what is, what is it actually doing? You know what I mean? And what is it doing to the family? So when, when all that happens and all that occurs, you're like, damn, we need to do something at 40 tons where we pay for people's visits. You feel what I'm saying? Like if it's $600 for them to go see them, that's what we want to sell t-shirts and hats and raise money for and do stuff like that. We want to be, we want people to be able to see their family, see their loved ones, you know, every 90 days or something like that, you know? So we want to put stuff like that together, the stuff that really can impact them a little more than, um, than just regular stuff. We want to actually do things that's really, 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 really going to affect them. We want to, we want to, we want to help them out as much as possible. And so you're back in LA now and you've been spending time with your daughters. How, how has that been like being back in California and, and with them again? Um, it's been great. Like they, they had me do a TikTok, and you know what I mean? So they broke, <laughs> broke the barriers and that. I thought, I thought that was like dumb when I first got out. I said, you're going to hold a phone and you're going to play a song and you dance in front of the phone, you know? So, you know, so it got to break a couple of barriers. So I got to do that. I chauffeured them. You know, if anybody, you know, follows me on my page, you know, they, they had me as their butler and their chauffeur for a day, you know? So, you know, we just try to do different stuff to spice it up. They're actually coming Thursday and um, they're staying from Thursday to Sunday. So, you know, they, that's, that's their days and they come and um, I just love it, you know, so because we get to spend quality time now and I get to learn them and, you know, we're rebuilding and learning each other again, too. And they're young women. So now, you know, women have emotions and stuff like that. So you got to know how to ride their emotions and learn. So it makes you learn a lot about women when you, especially when you're raising two, and it gives you a different respect for women, you know, because, you want your daughters to be respected. So it makes you respect women like on a whole nother level. You know what I mean? So your respect for women becomes like really amazing because not only do you have a mother and a sister, but now you have two daughters. So you don't want to buy disrespect your mom and your sister. You want to buy disrespect your daughters. So you don't need to disrespect other women. And, and, it, and it, it makes you, it molds you into being a, a much better man. That's amazing. And they're, they're adolescents and young teenagers now. How old are they again? 15. Clears. Uh, I got to pay for her driving school or something. She's going to driving school, she called um, yesterday. So, yeah, so she's going to driving school. And then, they, you know, they're filling out. And it's just, whoa, you know, it's just a lot, you know. So then uh, Scotland will be 12 in August. And, um, yeah, she's going to be 12. So it's, 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 it's a lot, you know. We're we, we working hard, but it's, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be a thing, man. It's, 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 it's a thing of beauty, though. I loved it. Yeah, well, I mean, eight years, the last time you would have seen, you would have spent significant time with them. They would have, like, definitely been um, children at the time. So that's, that, that is a, a gap to make up for. And I'm glad that you have the time with them now. Um, that Those are really pivotal. 12 and 15 are really, really pivotal points. 
So tell us a little bit about 40 tons. Um, what is it? What are you doing with it? And um, why is it important to you? Give us some, some background and some information. It's, it's very, very important. If you, if you look at October, I believe it's 13th we went to trial, October 18, 2018, is when 40 tons, you know, it's, it's the conspiracy. So we want people to know that we didn't just come up with 40 tons, like, you know, off the top of our head. And this is my past, and this is what I got to look forward to. And this is Corbin Cooper, and we're breaking the chains of injustice. And we want people to know that at 40 tons, we are speaking for the voiceless. You know, we're speaking for the people that can't speak for themselves. So we're speaking for Luke, we're speaking for Parker, we're speaking for Damon Salou. You know, uh, we got a new veteran guy we just signed up. So we, we're about four or five deep now, and we want to be 50,000 deep, and we want to speak for everybody. But we're speaking for the people that we can speak for and that the ones that we can afford right now until we get more money and a bigger platform. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing the things that we're going to do. We're going to come into this game and we're coming full force. I mean, we're coming to break the walls down. I mean, we're coming to let you know that this is what social equity is supposed to look like. And this is what, these are the people that's supposed to sit at the table because in my, in my view, in my eyes, if I believe deep down in my soul that when I look at like the alcohol, I think a owner should be one of the moonshiners. You know what I mean? I think, um, yeah. to own like Miller Lite or Budweiser or something since they started it I stood in the rain to sell weed you know to pay for you know to keep my kids in private school and get them a better life you know so I sold in projects I, I, I risked my life to sell this plant so I went from state to state you know and I had to go into rooms where I'm going into a room out of state into somebody that I don't know you see what I'm saying? I don't know these people, you know, so I don't know what's going to happen going into these rooms. You see what I'm saying? So in order to risk my life to, 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 to sell this plant, I, I believe that me and the guys, we should be the ones, you know, at least having a seat at the table, you know, at least let at least let us sit at the table. Not, you know, not, not all the kids that do with trust funds and everybody should be able to be on the stock market and get billions of dollars while we sit in the rain, you know, so. We're just we're just, we're we're coming in and we're in and and we're demanding a seat at the table. So forty tons. So you're a equity focused cannabis company, and you are dedicated to freeing the forty thousand uh, current prisoners who are serving time for cannabis offenses, including the I think last time I checked, it's about a hundred who are serving uh, life for nonviolent cannabis um, right. charges at this point. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you in partnership with a facility right now that is a former jailhouse? Yeah, so it's a former, they bought a prison to get evidence. So shout out to evidence to Dan Dalton and Casey Dalton. They bought, and uh, Marley's a part of that too. And they, they, they bought um, a prison in Coinga to, they're, they're doing a gummy deal with us. And uh, that'll be coming out maybe today or tomorrow uh, in all the cookie stores. Um, they bought a prison to help prisoners get out of prison for selling marijuana. And uh, I was the first person that they, um, that they, that they, that they did something with. And um, they started while I was in jail, actually. This actually started, I was going to do a pre-roll at first. And then we said, no, let's just do a gummy. And um, yeah, so yeah, it was, it's, it's going to be great because that's where our documentary is shot at the prison. So once people see the doc, it's going to be sick, like to even see 
like a prison and they're growing marijuana there. And if you check out evidence, you know, if you look them up, it's amazing what they're doing. You know, it's amazing what they're doing in there. And they're, they're on the board too of, of LPP and they, they really want to help the, um, the prisoners in there and they're putting their money where their mouth is. So the gummies, the, the first product you've got coming out. And um, I actually wanted to backtrack a little bit because we didn't go over this, but tell us the story of how you got out and how you were granted clemency. Okay. Okay. Whew. This is, this is, this is amazing. This is, this is amazing thing. I'm just going to, no, 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 that's it. I just want to show you all that this is how the gummy pack is where you break the, my face is on there and you break the chains of injustice. So every package that you get, you have to break the chains of injustice in order to do that. In order to have any package. In before I love time, that. You have to break the chains of injustice. Okay. So let me tell you what's going on. Oh man. I hate to see people don't like it, but Trump is amazing. And I think he actually, Ivanka actually, uh, an analyst, they, they called the other day, like, I might go to Monolard, I'm not sure, but they're trying to put something together where all the clemency people. Alice Johnson. Out. Yeah, Alice Johnson, she called the other day and said that Ivanka wants everybody to come down. Ivanka and Trump wants everybody to come down to Monolard. They're trying to put something together for us. But people don't like And Trump, just so. let me pause you for one second just to give some context. So Alex jo Alice Johnson was one of the first um prisoners who who former president trump released right at kim kardashian's uh now famous advocacy and then yeah. she following that became a, a voice to continue to let to let folks out right she even got her co-defendant out and alice johnson helped get me out and several others out and harry o and she spoke up for harry o to get out of jail this is me and harry o too right there that's that's crazy that picture's right there that's me and harry o that's the owner of that's a meeting um, that's coming out, but that we don't own that. Weldon owns that. But um, let me let me um, get you focused on the last seconds of, of, of Trump signing this last second shot that that he hit from half court. You know, so it's eleven thirty eight. You know, so at eleven thirty eight at night, you know, I see all the names on the list, but my name's on the list on the CNN on the bottom ticker. So you're like, damn, you know. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of um, stuff going on. So you're thinking like, you know, a BET documentary just dropped, you know, November 18th, smoke shot out to Nas. Yeah, everybody that put that together down there and um, Rob Gomes, um, they put this thing together. So boom, that put it, that put me on a different uh, level, you know, that put me, you know, letters start pouring in and, you know, Alice reaching out and everybody starts reaching out because it put me on a different platform to be in jail and having something like that on TV November 18th. So it's December now, December 29th. If you look up uh, New York Times, I was on the front cover of the New York Times with my attorney, Patrick McGuro. He was arguing with Trump about how you gonna let your friends out and not let Corvain Cooper out. So that's December 29th. So the traction is there. So now the walls are closing in, January is coming in. I have a president that I'm dependent on. I have 156,000 signatures. Thank you and shout out to all the people that, that signed my change.org. That was very, that was very uh, pivotal. And um, so I got the doc, I got the front cover of the New York Times. The movement is coming. I got tons of groups, Last Prison Project, Can Do, Clemency, Freedom Grow, Buried Alive Project, uh, Marijuana Matters. You know, you got the advocacy groups fighting. Okay, so I got that on my side. Now, what I don't have on my side is a president that is under his second impeachment. 
and I have a president that is um, doesn't believe in the election, saying that the election is, is, is a fraud and saying that he's not stepping down and he's not um, honoring the next president. So with all this going on, this is the person I'm dependent on. I'm dependent on him with all this on his plate. So we get to the last seconds and uh, I go to sleep because I checked NPR. My name wasn't, it, it does it every 30 minutes. So I didn't even check at 12 o'clock. I, the last time I checked at 11.30, they say the names, the new names, it's on the list. My name's not on there. You have to be on the list by 12 o'clock. It's 11.38, 11.40. And this so, is the last night of his presidency, correct? It's the last night of his presidency. When we wake up, we got to go to showers and you have to get handcuffed to the showers and go to the shower. So when I look to my left, I think handcuffed and we walk to the left, they got the TVs on the wall, on the pole. I look, I see Trump getting on a helicopter, you know? So I'm like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, this, you know, this is, this is, this is, this could be over, you know, this could be, now you gotta wait on Biden. Everyone sees what Biden is doing right now. He just fired three people for being marijuana in the White House. So, you know, I know the guys in there are sick about this, you know? So I look to my left, I see Trump getting on the helicopter. I see Biden getting inaugurated in. It's not like he's gonna pick up the paper and sign it right now. You know, so, but I did get some more faith as I'm walking. A guy screams out and says, Hey, man, just keep your head up, man. Like, you know, you, you're going to do it. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, the paperwork is kind of slow in Louisiana. That's what, that's what, the, that's what the guy said. And I never forget that. You know, he said the paperwork is kind of slow. Just keep your, just keep, keep your mind focused, man. You're going to get out of this. You see what I'm saying? Like, they just, the, the paperwork is slow, man. Just keep your head up, right? So this at 6 a.m., you know, this is 6 a.m. in the morning, central time. So I'm in the cell about maybe 15, 20 minutes. So they say counselor on the range. Now the counselor really doesn't come on the range unless it's something important. You feel what I'm saying? Like the counselors don't really, especially on the lockdown, there's nothing to talk about. So this is how, this is what blew us away. Remember, I just got, if you're watching the story, I just got handcuffed to go to the shower. So. That means a breach of security to open the door or anything like that, or they will let us just walk to the shower. So you gotta put your hand through the slot to even go to the shower. I put the key in the lock, he just opened the door. You see what I'm saying? So when he's opened the door, you know on a breach of a lockdown that when he opens the door, something is different happening. And he said, man, you got five, 10 minutes, pack your shit up. You feel what I'm saying? That you gotta get out of here, you got the immediate release. So that just changed the whole game. I got on my knees, I thank God. I walked by each door and told everybody to walk by faith, not by sight. Gave the guys my numbers that that's supposed to have it. And um, called my mom, you feel what I'm saying? And she told me, she's the one that told me that Vanka called her at 1230 and told her I was coming on, you know? So after that, I had Ann outside, we start taping and we ain't stopped working since. And then we here, here we are today. Wow. So you found out so your mom found out the 12.30 a.m. the night before and you found out like 11.30, 12, that like it, the morning of inauguration. So there's about 12 really, hours really, between yeah. your yeah, mom really knowing and seven, you. Yeah, about 7, about 7 a.m., 7 a.m. That's when I found out. And you took your 5, 10 minutes and got out of there? I'm out of there. I'm gone. You can have all this shit. I'm gone. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. You know, so went and I, and uh so we're going to start pushing this, pushing this movement. And I haven't took a day off since. 
Well, and I, I know the uh, famous picture Anthony has posted with you, Anthony, your friend, uh, you walked out in 40 tons gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we already had the 40 tons gear ready and, uh, they almost got arrested for, for trying to tape that too. And <laughs> yeah. when you follow us or if you us call, we're giving you every moment, everything that we're going through ups and downs. If somebody died, if somebody did this, we're, you're going to go to the funeral with us. You're going to go to the, if we got the magazine shoot, you're going to go with us there. We're going to, we're trying to give y'all every day step by step. So we're all doing it together and everybody can feel the experience and feel what's going on. So that's our job. Our job is for, these is our supporters. This are, these are the people that's, that's rocking with us, rock with us. You can't be with us every moment, but now that thank God that they have things that they have these phones and they have this where everybody can be with us every moment. And you know, we're going to make it where we're on our editors fast. Like, you know, we got thankful media, you know, that, that does our editing. We're on thankful, like get it out. You know, like he did the, the thing kind of late. We were like, no, we got to give him 420 on 420. We got to edit it and, and do it. We can't be a day late, dollar short. We got to, on the day of, we want to give you guys everything we're doing, you know? So we're working, we're, we're working to, to, to keep everybody in tune. You know, we want you guys in tune with us, you know, so we can all do this, do this together and do this movement together so they can see the journey. We want everybody to see, okay, that was them on the first day. Oh, they pushing. They not, they haven't stopped working. They're, they're aggressive. They're, they're here. They're there. You know, we're trying to cut through the chase and get right to where we need to be. And you've done such a great job. And for everyone listening, you can find them at, at 40 tons co or at 40 tons brand and at Corvine Cooper on Instagram. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 40tons.co is the website. That's where you can get you some swag. You can get you a hat. You can get you a jacket. You can get you a skateboard. We can get you, we got women's gear now for like people like you that, you know, that have nice bodies and work out and stuff like that. So now we have women gear, you know, so the women too. So we're trying to touch all bases. We're going we're gonna to get to the kids in a minute. We're going to get a kid something. But right now we're, we're working on women athletic gear because the spring and summer is coming. So we want people to be able to, uh, you know, work out where they 40 tons of gear represent and uh, have fun at the same time. Well, and you've, so we believe at, at CMA and my personal belief has always been that storytelling is the most effective form of communication um, and, and marketing when it comes to telling the story of cannabis um, and these brands. So um, I'm curious, what are some of the effective strategies that you see um, as essential in running a mission-specific brand? Is it, is it really that storytelling or what else are you doing that is, is letting everyone know about your work? I think number one, I think, like you said, I think storytelling, storytelling, and then we like to do a lot of like lifestyle stuff, you know what I mean? To make, you know, give it a different effect and give it a different appeal. You know, so we like to do the lifestyle stuff and we like to, uh, we like, like you said, we like to see people to see the journey. We want people, once you know the story and you see, oh, they're doing this now, they're doing that. You know, we want to make it keep the people excited, you know, give them something like, damn, they haven't seen that in the industry yet. So we're trying to not only break the barriers to give you the whole, you know, feel, you know, give you, redo the whole feel and the hip hop feel and the whole hood feel about it. But not only do we want to do that, we want to give the realness behind it too. Like, damn, they went through that and they can they can still figure out a way how to overcome that. Like, you know, they should have PSD by now. Or they should have went crazy by now. 
going through the stages and the things that we've seen of, of, of us and our team and our team members, you see what I'm saying, to be able to, you know, Natalia almost died and, you know, Evelyn was on suicide watch her first day in, in prison, you see what I'm saying, so, you know, uh, Anthony left his, his um, family three times for cannabis, you see what I'm saying, so, you know, for us to all still be able to make it and still push and still try to go forward, you know, pressing the message after going through all these life circumstances of me having a death sentence over 95 days ago, that's what we want people to see like, damn, you know what I mean? We want, we're, we're trying to get a damn out of people. So now they can see like, okay, these are the people we need to give the ball to. We're gonna give the ball to them. If they're doing this on a McDonald budget, then it's really time to get scared if we get the real budget. You know, I'm like, we're doing this, we're doing this with McDonald's money, you know? So we're, we're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. And can you clarify for everyone who um, Evelyn and Natalia and Anthony, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so what are, in what ways do you think we can do better promoting justice and equity in the cannabis space? So to your point, I, I want to expand on that on the bit and this ability to, to pass the mic and make sure that you have that seat at that table and you have that, that outsized voice that you deserve. What can the industry do better? I was thinking the industry should look more into social brands, you know what I mean? The social, real live social equity brands, invest in them. And then I was, I've, I've said on tons of podcasts and tons of things that if they just invested a hundred dollars in California, just the 700 stores, that would be $70,000 a month. That's $840,000 a year. That if they gave that to the last prisoner project or whoever that they want to put in charge of making it where re-entry is, is easier for cannabis offenders, where, you know, people that can get medical and dental, you know, if we're veterans, if we're the ones that served on the line, the front line that sold this marijuana in order for this to become a billion dollar industry, someone had to market it and somebody had to, to sell it before it got this big. So the people who like uh, um, Richard DeLisi, John Knock, I'm speaking for them. I'm speaking for Paul Free. I'm speaking for Michael Thompson, the people who served 25 to 26 years and are now out that have served time for this plant. I mean, what do you want them to work at Walmart or McDonald's? What is it that you want them to do? You know, so it should be some kind of fund or something for them, for them to have to let them start to live their life, you know, let them live their life and, and let things change. And, uh, just like a social security check or a person gets a veteran check that, that served on the front line of the war. These are, you know, me and the brothers are in the POWs because we were all the prisoner of war. We served on the front line for this cannabis industry in order for it to become the industry that it is today. And I think they should have a fund and it can start with California and California alone with just $100 from every dispensary. If we demanded that, that would be $840,000 a year that would go into a fund for those people and for the people's re-entry back into society. And then you go to Portland and you go to, you go to the next states and all the other states that are now legalized in like your Colorado. So you go to Colorado and you do it. And before you know it, which everybody doing just a nip in a bucket that's not even an eighth at the store, you know, which is, is a, a very small percentage. If, if you do this at all the stores and now you have a big fund that someone's raising, now you found out like, damn, you have a $10 million a year fund now you have now guess what comes with this now it comes with housing it comes with education it comes with this it comes with that it comes with a tons of things so 
you could just start with something small and get something very big out of it because the cannabis community is already small. And now that the people will be able to get out and they know they have somewhere to go. Wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great, great idea. So uh, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from your experience um, that you've used to shape your brand? Like in launching 40 tons, what are some things you, you would pass on to those other entrepreneurs that you would tell yourself? Like what I, I know you've been working so much in such a short period of time, but what's kind of your, your biggest takeaway that you're using moving forward? Just bet on yourself. You feel what I'm saying? Like you got to bet on yourself. And if you believe in it, you can make other people believe in it. But if you don't believe in it yourself and if you don't stand on it and, and just and just say like you're betting on nine or you're betting on this, like whatever it is that you're betting on, you use that same thing and bet on yourself and use and use yourself. You, you, you could be the biggest user of yourself and just use yourself to push forward to make it all the way to the goal line. You say, oh, shit, I'm on a two yard line. I got 98 more yards to go, but what do I need to do to, to get a 10-yard pass? I don't need to throw no Hail Mary right now. Just let me get two more yards. You know what I mean? As long as I can get to the first down before, before if I don't want to punt it, I don't want to punt the ball and get him the ball back. So you just got to just get you a couple yards and keep trying to get first downs and work your way down the field. I love that. That's a great, um, great analogy. And I think such a testament to so many people in this industry and in this space who have um, started businesses from nothing and particularly from adverse circumstances like yours. So uh, betting on your continued and your continued success moving forward. So last few questions, Corvain, um, and thank you for taking the time to, to share your story so generously. Um, where do you see the industry going in the next five years and 40 tons? What would be your ideal future? My ideal future would be, first of all, I would like to get a pardon. You know what I mean? I would like to get a pardon from Biden too, you know, so I can, uh, so I can uh, get into the space a little bigger, you know what I mean? So I would like to, once you get all the way into the space, you find out that, you know, you want, you want, you want, you want to own, you want to own grow houses and you want to own, Right now they're running, they're running out of flour. So you want to be on that part of the, of the fence as you, as you learn the different parts of the fence that you wanna be on. You wanna be the person with your own genetics. You wanna be the person that is growing. You wanna be the person that are buying farms out far in Salinas Valley and all these, you know, these cheaper counties. You wanna, you wanna be on the growth side of it and you wanna be able to, to build real generational wealth for your kids and, and, and be able to give them something that's gonna last forever. And this plant is gonna last forever and it's gonna be a big, big part of this rural soon. And the reason why I believe that, that um, they haven't federally legalized it yet because they can't control the demand. And once they can get the demand under control and get the growers and get, you know, that under control, I think that's when they're going to push the button. I think they want to push the button, but they can't control the demand now. You know, everyone, um, even with evidence owning a prison, they run out of marijuana. You know, they own a whole prison that's full of marijuana and they can't keep it up. You know, so you have people I know with acres and acres. And the main thing they say, they just can't keep it up. You see what I'm saying? So... That's the part of the, the field you want to be on if you really want your kids to, to really do that. You want 40 tons. That's the future for 40 tons, for 40 tons to have one of the, you know, some of the big, the, 
not only be one of the biggest brands because we want to be a brand that that represents you know the people that nobody can represent and uh to just really to really what's it called man to really be one of the biggest growers too and have one of the biggest strains around the world you know you know we don't have to have the most stores or the most dispensaries or anything like that we would i'd rather have 50 acres of grow you know somewhere you know and then then to be you know one of the bigger stores or i'd rather supply those stores and you need a you need a pardon to be able to do that the clemency isn't enough yeah. Yeah, yeah, the clemency, I'm still on 10 years paper. I still got a test. I still can't plant touch. That's why I'm the chief ambassador, you know? So I'm the person that's pushing the brand. I'm the face of the brand, you know? So, you know, I still can't just physically, I want to be able to get my own license. I want Corbin Cooper to be able to get a license. I'm the, I feel I deserve a license, you know? So I want to be able to be on that side of the game and really have everything, you know, in my name. And, you know, I want to be, I want to be on the side of the fence where I can say, hey, you know, I'm Corvain Cooper. I have a license. I, I demand to be in this industry. And that, that's the part. And that's where I want to be seated at. But in order to do that, you know, I have to get off paperwork and I have to get off this and I have to get off that. And I can't plant touch and I got to go through all the red tape and red lines. But that's where I see myself in the future being a, a, a real license holder and a real grower and a real, you know, learning the game, from the real from the genetic side. Yeah. So, so that, that pardon is really the, the step needed for you to fully break those chains and give you your, your freedom into full entrepreneurship and ownership. Exactly. Exactly. So um, what are last few questions here? So what are some of the best ways the industry in particular marketers, um, those who are working in branding marketing, who are, you know, telling the story of, of this plant and these brands, what are ways that they can do a better job having these conversations around justice and equity in this space? First, I say do their homework and do their research on, you know, find out who's really been affected, you know, by the marijuana and who's been affected by the plant. And, and once they do their, their homework and do their investigations on, on how things are, then they can know how they're going to go about projecting the message. And when you're going about projecting the message, see who's been hurt by it the most, you know, see, you know, see, go talk to the people, go talk to the John Knox, go talk to the Richard Lisey's and go talk to the people that, you know, this guy served 31 years over this plan, you know, so somebody that you need to talk to, you know, somebody that, that needs some, some, some light, you know, so talk to the Michael Thompson, see how they're affected the three years that this guy made it been, you know, some people that's been in the game for three years, and, and by them having the right connections and being in the stock market or whatever it is, plugs they got, they already became billionaires in the first three years, you know, like, you know, or True Leaf, Cresco, or all these big companies, right? So it might have been the game five years, but they don't know this person been affected by this plant for the last 25, 30 years. This plant just took 10 years of my life. You know, this plant took nine years of this person's life. Parker Coleman right now doing 60 years, it's, took a, it's already taken 11 years. It took all his 20s away from him. And you, you have to be able to touch bases with these type of people and, and, and get to the core of the problem if you want to be or even say anything about social equity or say that you're doing this for that or doing this for that without knowing what's going on. Knowledge is key. So first, learn and then, um, you know, learn the people and learn the struggle of, of what this plan has caused to people's families and people's uh, surroundings.
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for clarifying and um, elaborating on that. I just saw Michael Thompson celebrated his 70th birthday and uh, Last Prisoner Project posted about really sweet um, celebration that they did. So that was that was nice to see that he, he could do that at this point. Um, okay, so what else would you like the audience to know? How can they support you now? How can they support you moving forward? Where can they find you? Um, tell us what you've got going on. Oh, shit. Right now, you can go to 40tons.co. You can get you a hat. This is this is this executive clemency is better than the lottery. So it's better than the lottery. So executive clemency is better than the lottery. You can go get you a t-shirt right now. You can get you a hat right now. You can go get you a skateboard right now. You can go get you anything that you want right now on the site. We got things for women. We got um nice little things for women for the for the for the people who got nice bodies and works out. And even if you don't have a nice body, you can get it and work out until you get a nice body, you know. So you know, go go grab that. We got the basketball shorts. We got the tank tops. We got everything for you. And then, as far as for me, you can go right now to Fort Wayne Cooper on GoFundMe, and you can donate a dollar. You can donate two dollars. You know, fifty cents. It goes towards something. It goes towards me sitting in front of the computer at nine a.m. to ten a.m. to be able to give out the message because I can't do this at Taco Bell. I can't pick the message out. I can't tell everybody what's really going on and do real good work. If you want real good work out of Corbin Cooper and you want, we have to support each other and have to keep me working. So when you keep me working, the, sometimes you got to go find me, it's $200 in there. So I use that $200 and boom, got stuff like this. Got this bill, it's $170. So boom, it goes towards that. It, it pays the bill. It keeps the lights on, it keeps the gas on, it keeps stuff on because bills don't stop, so nothing stops. So, you know, keeps everything going. And I, and I thank everybody and I thank all my supporters that that has uh, donated. And you can look forward to the gummies. By the time this comes out, you should, you should be able to go into cookies and be able to get the gummies. And you should be able to get the justice to serve, which the justice to serve, um, I think, first, I think they're, they're apes. I forgot the, the exact name of them, but you're going to be able to scan the, scan it and be able to go to the GoFundMe and be able to scan it and go to 40 tons from cookies from the back of the, uh, from the thing. That should be, that should be launching soon. That should be launching soon. They're working on a, a marketing plan. Uh, we are thinking about having burners sit at the table counting a million dollars. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in the back with the cuffs on. You know, I want to be sitting right next to burner with the cuffs on. We're trying to think of a marketing strategy to do, to show like the difference between the justice right now. So. We're thinking of a marketing plan right now with cookies right now to, to get the launch together. And we'll put the link to your GoFundMe and uh, the 40 Tons website in the, the podcast page for this episode when it airs. Okay. And where can they find you on social media? You can follow me at Corvain Cooper or you can go follow 40 Tons to Brand. And when you follow us, we give you everything. So you walk with us every day. If I'm with the kids, you're going to be with me with the kids. I was at my boy's funeral. You're going to go to the funeral with me. You're going to do everything that I'm going through personally. You're going to personally go through it with me. So if I'm at mom's house on Easter, you're going to be there too. So we're going to, we're going to be everywhere together. And we're going to do this movement together. And we're going to get to the top together. And we're going to climb. We're going to climb this, we're going to climb this hill together. Let's climb it. 
Corbin, thank you so much for sharing your story. It has truly been my pleasure to, to have you today. And thank you for all of your hard work, for using your voice and for not stopping. And I can't wait to support you and see your continued success moving forward. Yeah, thank you too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everything that you've done. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm, I'm here to support you and we'll, we'll keep doing that. Is there anything else you want um, the audience to know before we go? Um, just basically just, you know, believe in yourself, you know, and when you're down, you need a Lisa Buffalo on your team to lift you up, you know, so, so you got to remember that and, uh, just stay focused, man, just stay focused and, uh, support real brands and, and real brands will support you back, you know, so support real brands and report people to support people that's at the bottom, that's in a struggle, that's trying to, that's just trying to climb up, you know, sometimes you got to try something new and try and try a new brand and see what they're about, you know and give everybody a chance, you know, get the people at the bottom a chance so they can climb up. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Check us out on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and at Canna Marketing and engage with us. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to join us at the second annual Virtual Cannabis Marketing Summit this June 8th through 10th to learn, play, and network with cannabis communications professionals. Over three days, we'll be hosting 12 sessions, three panels, three workshops, and three networking events, including an exclusive members-only track for our CMA members focused on managing marketing teams. Tickets are on sale on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com, and early bird tickets are on sale available through May 25th. And it's virtual, so wherever you are in the world, you can attend. Thank you so much. And I look forward with connecting with all of you on social media. You can find me, Lisa, at LeeBuff on Instagram and at LeeBuff21 on Twitter.